Welcome to Faithfully Growing Together and This Growth Moment, a podcast to help us all learn, grow, and transition together. I'm your host, Tim Fortescue, a life coach coming alongside people of faith as we all manage transitions together. Today, I want to give you some insight into what I learned as I spent some time with the three powerful questions to engage spiritual wisdom that I shared last week. If you'd like to see what I discovered, you might find this episode helpful. Before I jump into the content for today, how are you doing? How have you been growing this week? For me, I'm blessed to have a very flexible job and I'm generally glad that I'm my own boss. This is usually a good thing and I wouldn't change it for the world. However, it does have its downfalls. Staying focused without someone over my shoulder telling me what to do and doing what I need to do is a challenge for me sometimes, particularly since I struggle with a little ADD. But I've done better this week and have stayed on task pretty well. And if you'd like to learn about the Pomodoro method, you can Google that, or I have put together a video that I have on my YouTube channel where I explain it a little more. And so I'll put that in the show notes and you may find it helpful, particularly if you struggle with staying on task. But staying on task better is a win for me this week. And what about you? What are your struggles and how have you grown and how you interact with them this week? What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the coming of spring. In California where I live, we don't have drastic changes in seasons. However, it is noticeable even if it's subtle. And I'm grateful for more birds singing, more flowers blooming, and the smells of spring. And what about you? What are you grateful for? How are you doing? And if you'd like to, I'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to drop me an email letting me know how you're growing and what you're grateful for. And you can find my email in the show notes. Well, let's jump into the content for the podcast today. Last week, I shared with you three powerful questions to engage spirituality that I got from a Choice Magazine article, a life coaching magazine that I subscribe to. And if you didn't check out last week's episode, episode number two, I'd encourage you to check that out and to spend some time with these questions. But those questions were, number one, how do you think the universe works? Or another way to phrase that, what is your theology? Number two, what do you value? Or another way to put that, how do you determine your course of action? Or what are your ethics? And then finally, number three, how do you best function in the world? Or what is your personality? So I spent some time asking these questions to myself this week. And what I learned was pretty insightful. And let me share with you those insights. Although I have a seminary doctorate, I found that I hadn't stopped to take the time as much as I needed to to engage questions like these and to reflect on them. And it was good for me to pause and take some time reflecting. So what did I discover? With question number one, how do you think the universe works or what is your theology? My tradition 
as a Christian tells me that I was created by a loving God, but because of sin and the sin of those who came before me, I am separated from God and God's love. Because of this, Jesus had to come and die as a ransom for my sins. Views and reflections on my theology could go on and on for many podcast episodes, maybe even a couple seasons. But put simply, here's what I learned. Largely, I still believe much of what my tradition has taught me about theology. However, I hold it differently. I'm able to trust God and God's love more now for myself and for others. And I'm able to interact with my theology and hold it a little more loosely without much of a threat. Realizing that I don't have to have all the answers and that I can live in the tension of the mystery of the faith more. I don't have to convince or change others. In fact, I have much to learn from them and their traditions. I can trust God and God's love to cover me and others. So in a nutshell, if that's even possible, my theology hasn't changed a whole lot, but I can trust God's love to hold others as they seek to engage God or the universe from their background and tradition. I found that holding my faith loosely allows me to have a more open relationship with God. I'm also able to share my faith better because I want to, because it's an outflow of who I am and who I was created to be because I'm naturally passionate about it. And not that I need to change anyone or convince anyone that I'm right and they're wrong or to see them as a project. I can just see them as a human being and a friend. I can learn from their experience and hopefully they can glean a thing or two from mine. And I've still got a lot that I could unpack here, but it was good for me to begin thinking about this question, and I'm going to continue to do so. As I thought about question number two, what do you value and how do you determine your course of action? Or what are your ethics? This question led me to think of the idea of beliefs, values, and actions. In theory, our beliefs are the basis for our values and actions. However, the reality of the practicalities for this in daily life often don't line up. I can speak for myself, as I know this is the case for me. For example, my beliefs have taught me to put God first, people second, and myself third. I've even lived this out at a detriment of myself. As I sat with this question, however, I was reminded that, yes, God's love for me and others needs to be primary. However, in order to love others well, I have to prioritize myself first. And this isn't always culturally acceptable, particularly from a Christian perspective. But it's evident in Scripture in the Great Commandment that says, Love the Lord your God with all your soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and Jesus taught us that self-love is the basis for loving God and my neighbor another thing that I discovered is that in theory I say that I value relationships people and family often this value isn't present 
in my interactions with my wife and kids, though, as I struggle to be present with them. And as I said before, I'm still processing this, and I encourage you to continue to process too. And remember, you don't have to get it perfect. Awareness of where you are, where we are, and where you want to go or where we want to go is a big first step. Finally, let me give you my thoughts on the third powerful question for engaging spiritual wisdom. How do you best function in the world? Or what is your personality is the third question. I got into this a little when I reflected on my values with question number two. My beliefs have often led me to devalue my personality and how I'm uniquely made. However, deep down I know that I am God's beloved. Who I am and my uniqueness is important even with all of my quirkiness. Sure, there are places where I need to grow and learn. However, I've often felt like I needed to change instead of being who I was created to be when I might not have needed to. In engaging this question, I realized more that the world needs and is blessed by my uniqueness. In what I may have seen as a flaw, for example, my humor at different times, now I can see it more as a blessing and a gift. I often need to remind myself that I am a beloved child of God. I want you to know that you are beloved and that the world desperately needs you with all of your belovedness too. Let me close our time together with a story. In his book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen, who was a Catholic priest, talks of a very personal experience of letting someone know how loved they are by God. Nouwen tells the story of a prayer service that he routinely led for a small group of people. Some, but not all, of the participants of this service had disabilities, mostly in their brain development. And right before the service began, a woman with a cognitive disability named Janet said to Henry, Can you give me a blessing? And Nowen, being Catholic, responded in an automatic way by quickly making the sign of the cross on her forehead and saying something about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But rather than being grateful for this action, Janet was bothered. No, that doesn't work. I want a real blessing, she says. So Nowen tells her he'll give her a blessing at the end of the prayer service. Towards the end of the service, with about 30 people sitting around, Henry Nowen explains that Janet has asked for a special blessing, and not really being sure what was expected of him, he stood up. As soon as he did, Janet stood and quickly moved towards him. He was wearing a white robe with big flowy sleeves that extended past his hands, and as soon as Janet reached him, she embraced him and put her head against his chest. Henry put his arms around her so that she disappeared in the folds of his big, flowing robe, completely wrapped and from the most real place in his heart, he said, Janet, I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter. 
You are precious in God's eyes. You are a beautiful human being, and you are deeply loved by God. And it didn't stop with Janet. After Janet, another disabled woman asked for a blessing. And then one of the assistants, a 24-year-old student, asked for one. And so it went, each person being embraced, enveloped in white, and told the truth that they are beloved. Personally seen and deeply loved by God, not once or once in a while, but always at every moment. And let me say this blessing to you as I close. I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter or son. You are precious in God's eyes. You're a beautiful human being. And you are deeply loved by God. I invite you to join me next week. You know, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. I have some ideas brewing in my mind and just want to give those some space to percolate a little more. But join me next time and let's see what we discover together. Also, if you've considered meditating more and if you want to learn more, join me for a webinar this Friday on May 21st at noon Pacific time where I will share some insight on the science behind meditation and how it could be beneficial for you. I'll put the registration link in the show notes for the webinar and I invite you to join me and invite others to join. Additionally, I'm planning a group coaching session where we will meet one time to discuss the three powerful questions to engage spiritual wisdom that I talked about in this episode and the previous episode. It's my hope that we can gain encouragement and insight as a group together. If you're interested in this, send me an email to tim at faithfullygrowing.com and I'll get you some more information. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please rate the podcast with a five-star review. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'll put a link to my Facebook group in the show notes. Additionally, if you would like to talk more, I invite you to book a free consultation at www.faithfullygrowing.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to what lies ahead as we all continue to faithfully grow. 